Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Broncos country. Let's ride. Breaking news. Michael Brunt. This is the second time that breaking news has happened right when I come on the show. That's a good life lesson to be learned in all this. If you're going to give somebody over $100 million, make sure they're not weird. Michael Brunts, Husker 24-7. All right, we're joined now on the 42 Degrees of Source Hotline by Husker 247's Michael Brunts. Hello, Michael. Hello. <laughs> Are you okay today? Yeah, what's going on? Okay, good. Um... Are, should we play this week in A's ball with uh, with Michael Brunts again? As um, the Vegas mayor has the has the idea that they should just go back to Oakland, which is pretty funny. Anything else going on? Uh, I think that's it. She well, she she said they should go back to Oakland, and then said put out a statement later mm-hmm. and said just kidding. Um, we'd love baseball teams and many many things we would love we would actually love the a's as long as everything is not going in Oakland. so yeah it's a mess that's pretty much the new thing you can't you also cannot reply to any a's tweets anymore they've turned off replies we we touched on the theory last week that they're just going to quit for three years right they're just going to stop being a team that was floated. Uh, we discussed that last week. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know how to end, but I think everybody's figuring out, uh, or, or many in Vegas are figuring out that uh, they're an absolutely terribly run franchise and want to be no want no part of that. Like the the, the Raiders, by comparison, are looking like I don't know, like the New York Yankees, or, or, or so, I'm trying to think of a, a who's a well run franchise, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I get it. But maybe your Kansas City Royals—they—they—they—they they, they, they lock up their young players. That's hey, organizational move. Speaking of well-run franchises, you might be able to put the Royals into that bucket right now, which is amazing. Yeah, what a thought! Yeah, they, what, a, uh, what a time to be alive. Gil, Gil Mesh got knocked off of his pedestal. Exactly. You could throw the whole Gil Mesh thing in the trash can now. Bobby Wood Jr. is worth four Gilmeshes, which is yeah. uh, super, super exciting. But does it really get you anything in terms of wins above replacement? Because, I don't know, you know, Gil, Gil didn't really work out. Um, all right, <laughs> let's, go back to, um, let's go back to yesterday from, okay. from Matt Rule. So, he was, it was a little, there was a little room, a window kind of for, all right, I could see a world where, Nebraska, if they if they fall on the right situation, could bring in another quarterback in the in the next transfer portal window. But then he also said, sort of definitively, we're kind of going all in on these guys. And then he talked about the benefits of of the reps that those guys are going to get. What what was your read on how they like how they approached that situation leading to 
Dylan Riola's recruit uh, commitment and then how they might approach it coming out of this time. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think what they did in December was they they basically said that they were going all in on they're, they're going all in on the group they've got. I mean, they 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 were able to keep Danny Kalen. They they added Riola. And you have Heinrich Harburg, who I think they, they believe in over there. Um, I, I, I think they view Heinrich Harburg as very much an unfinished product. And, like, I don't think that they believe that the book has been written on him yet. So, you know, I, I think that that's significant. And actually, you know, when, when he kind of breaks it down, I mean, you can, you can spin me on this, but I, I think – I think it's actually a decent setup. You you have three scholarship quarterbacks in the spring. Those guys are going to compete. Um, the fact that you don't have just a massive bodies at quarterback, I think, kind of works out well for those guys. And you know, I know Harburg started um, and, and has some some college experience at quarterback, but I I feel like those three guys are at least somewhat in the same ballpark of what they need to learn. And with the new quarterbacks coach, I think that's a, that's a good thing. I mean, you don't have like a three-year starter in there that's way ahead of everybody else. So, you know, saying that, if something happens in the spring and they feel like there's a guy out there that makes sense uh, to kind of bring in as, as a depth piece, I, I think that, you know, that, that door yeah. is at least cracked. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think they're kind of taking a wait and see approach, but they're they're kind of going with what's in front of them right now, and that's spring ball. And they've got their three guys. Well, I think you're right, and it's it's certainly health dependent. Like if something happens with that, as it stands right now, it would not. I mean, they talk about you know if they're going to go in the transfer portal, they want to bring in maybe a guy that they could develop. It certainly wouldn't make any sense to do that right now, given that they already have three quarterbacks with multiple years left to to play college football like I, it wouldn't do them any good to bring in a young guy at this point and you know if it, and they've talked about if we're going to bring in older guys and they kind of have to be immediate impacts and they have to really help us and they don't need that either so I think we're just th- this is kind of conversation over like three quarterbacks and that's the story for Nebraska this year yeah and, and I don't know maybe this is just my naivety but it, it seems like if there was a quarterback that was like a veteran guy who wasn't like expecting to come in and just be the starter for a year, I think a little depth piece like that would be nice. I don't, I don't know if that guy's out there. I don't, I don't know if maybe that guy's out there in the spring um, after that situation, but no, I, I, your point, I think about not bringing in a guy with, you know, multiple years or kind of muddying the waters there is kind of important because, the other piece of it that they have to be mindful of is guys are coming in for opportunities. They come for the, the, as much, I think as the the situation at each school. And let's say you bring in a guy who's like a sophomore or something like that, that, that makes, I think your job of recruiting future quarterbacks a little bit more difficult. I think it's already gotten a little bit more difficult by bringing in two quarterbacks in the 2024 class, yep. when you kind of start looking at what they're doing in 2025. So I think that's something you always have to be kind of aware of is, is what signals you're sending the future quarterback recruits by the moves that you make and the guys that you bring in and how crowded that depth chart gets in certain age, in certain uh, classes. Hey, Brunts, why do you think, 
Why do you think they made Glenn Thomas the co-OC in title if Matt Rule, I like he seemed sort of bothered by that idea yesterday even and and said, "Look, Satterfield is is the offensive coordinator. I don't know. I, I don't know what to tell you guys." Like, why do you think they put that tag on him? Is it just sort of like clerical so they could get him more money? Is is that the answer? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's maybe what's going on there. Yeah. Um we we don't have um numbers on salary numbers yet. Those have been requested. Um and that's one way that you kind of, you know, are, are able to throw a little bit more cash in the in the offering plate uh, as it goes around. So, yeah, I mean, I, I appreciated the clarity yesterday. Yeah, me too. Um, you know, I, I, I think people want to know that. I think coaches probably roll their eyes a little bit at it, but I think it's important to kind of know, uh, you know, who, who's who's driving the bus and who's kind of riding along and, and navigating. So that that was good to good to uh, get checked off the list. So now that we do have a little bit more clarity on that, and I think I've asked you this, you know, several times since the the hire was announced, but we have, do we have a better idea on the skill set that Glenn Thomas brings to the table? And now we have a, now we have a better idea of what his role will be, but like, how does it work within the confines of what they already have? In terms of roles and guys doing things, yeah, just like what what Glenn Thomas sort of brings to the table. Yeah, no, I, I think from what Matt Rule was talking about yesterday, um, you know, he the, he one of the few times that his eyes kind of lit up was about the way that Glenn Thomas coaches and, and teaches quarterbacks. And you know, I, I think if you kind of look at when he's worked with the Rule staff at Baylor and at Temple, um, they had success in developing young quarterbacks with Glenn Thomas being the guy developing it. And I guess, you know, I, I was thinking about because the, the discussion was happening whenever that job was open, and, and you know what that was going to look like. I, 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 I'm buying in more to the fact that it's okay if your offensive coordinator is not coaching quarterbacks. Yes, because I think it sometimes. I, I guess I just never kind of considered that during practices. You know, you, you're probably handing off your quarterbacks to somebody else to coach for a little while while you're over there with the tight ends or the running backs or whoever. So, you know, I, I think that, that makes sense. And I think that was kind of the idea that Matt rule had all along, even going back to last season when they tried to basically do what they're doing now is that they wanted somebody just only doing quarterbacks. And I, I think that makes sense. And I think it helps that, you know, Glenn Thomas and, and Marcus Satterfield have worked together before. And there's not this kind of, uh, you know, getting to know you, who's doing what kind of thing. I think they can kind of hit the ground running a little bit easier. Uh, you guys, in well, I think Schaefer is probably responsible for this, but compiled the the Super Six, uh, and it came out this morning. Uh, I, I, you know, it's there's so many guys in the class, and it gets and it gets sort of confusing when you add in the transfers too, and how are people going to weight those, but. If if I were to tell you, and this is basically how it came together with everybody combined, Riola, Nelson, Bricks, Benning, Dowdell, Bazooka, that's your top six. That's your super six this year. If you were to tell me that before it was all compiled, that would have made a lot of sense to me. And a lot of people's mirror those with more names that were that were kind of mixed in. Like, what are your thoughts on on how that all turned out and how the public feels about these guys? Yeah, I there there weren't a lot of surprises. I mean, I'm always interested to see, you know, what the, 
what what the sleeper picks are. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I think people kind of have different definitions of that. Um, you know, I, I think people kind of approach the, the 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 list kind of in their own way too. I mean, some people think like immediate impact in 2024. Who are those six guys? Um, I, I tend to kind of take a little bit of a longer view of like, Me too. okay, three years from now or four years from now, when you look back, how many of these guys are going to be picked? And, you know, with this class, the sleeper piece of it's interesting because you have, you've got guys that are fairly lowly rated guys that didn't have a ton of offers and guys that were for lack of a better term, kind of fines by the staff. So there's, there's a little bit more, a a little bit more sleeper choices um, for people. I had Vincent Shavers as mine. Um, I I think he's going to, you know, potentially have the potential to get, get on the field right away. I mean, I just think he's that kind of player, but um, yeah, the the transfer piece of it muddies, muddies it a bit, but I didn't think that there were, a ton of surprises this year um, in, in terms of kind of where things shook out. I know a couple people uh, didn't have Raiola at number one. I think mm. he was pretty much the, uh, the, the as much consensus as we've really ever had with it. So not a surprise there. Oh yeah. Don't worry. We're going to call people out by name when, when you leave, when we get you off the phone here. Don't... <laughs> I, I'm not one of them. I know. So, That's why we're keeping yeah. you, we're keeping you clear yeah. from this conversation. We're keeping you safe. Okay. And then we're going to go wreck the media members who didn't put Dylan Rayola as their number one. Yeah. That's what we're doing. All right, Bruns. um, We'll let you go. Talk to you later and uh, enjoy the weekend. Yep, we'll see you. Thanks. That's Michael Bruns. Hey, by the way, should we be asking people what their Super Bowl picks are all week? I I sometimes forget that it's Super Bowl week. I I said that on Monday with our Monday friends and – Maybe I'm. I mean, it's highly possible, Justin. I'm just an idiot. You know, like that's. I mean, yeah, we probably should have. Okay, it probably would have been yeah. fun just to end each interview this week with, eh, "Who's your Super Bowl pick?" Okay. All right, coming back, we're gonna we're gonna destroy the two media people who didn't have Dylan as their number one coming for you. They're, one of them is a regular guest on this show. I'm gonna say something, and he will have to answer for his sins. In transgressions next Wednesday, Wednesday, because I will not forget about this. Well, Wednesday, little hint there. Yes. Oh, yeah. Sorry. He, I will not forget about this. And the other one, I have a personal relationship with, and I have to yell at him. <laughs> no. Um. We probably won't, but I'm. I we can spend some time on that if you'd like to. Also, we um need to get to. Uh, a couple more basketball things, and then we'll get some more Super Bowl chat with uh, Mackenzie Nelson of KSHB in Kansas City from Vegas at 1 o'clock. More to come on the Connor Happer Show on 1620 The Zone. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.